You know, at the end of the day, I feel like the ultimate shitcoin is politics. We need to internalize that democracy has failed. We will not vote our way out of this. There is absolutely no way. And yet, despite the fact that we've now essentially clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide, around one in five Americans is still willing to put themselves at risk and put their families at risk rather than get vaccinated. People are dying because of misinformation. So everyone who is fully vaccinated or tested negative or has recovered from COVID can get one. And from the 1st of July, all 27 member states have to apply these EU digital certificates for the COVID. I think you will get to the stage where it's going to be very hard for people to do a lot of normal life unless they can prove their vaccination status. Yeah. I, I think you'll find a situation where countries say to you, you're not coming in here yeah. unless we see whether you've either been vaccinated, you've had the disease and have got antibodies, or you've had a recent high quality test. And so if people, people have got to understand vaccination is going to be in the end, your route to liberty. Oh, listen, motherfucker. Take your fucking carbon tax and shove it up your fucking bullshit. Nobody wants to hear any of this bullshit anymore. Y'all motherfuckers talk global warming. Well, show me the fucking heat. Y'all can't show me the heat, then fuck off. Y'all want to talk COVID? Then show me the virus. Y'all can't show me the virus? Then fuck off. Y'all motherfuckers been on this dumb shit from day one, and now it's time to go fuck yourself because everybody sees right through this fucking stupidity, bro. This stupidity. All right, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. Welcome to Toxic Airwaves. Oh man, OBS crashed, and now my settings are all screwed up. I'm going to scramble to get those fixed here in a little bit, uh, but going to keep on rolling while that's going. Um, yeah, vaccination, your power to liberty. That's bullshit. That's so dumb. Um, we're not going to get our way out of voting. I, th I think we talk about this over and over again, and it just you know kind of bums me out to see things like you know, this big movement around single issue voters and stuff like that, because it's so counterproductive, so count entirely counterproductive. And, uh, tonight I wanted to talk about the great man theory. So, you know, we brought this up on the show before and, you know, essentially the great man theory is this old theory from the 1800s saying that leaders are born, that there's people, uh, with inherent, you know, superior intellectual capability or a mandate uh, to rule uh, given to them by God. And I think it's bullshit. You know, I think that's incredibly bullshit. And we see that still playing out in our society today uh, where, you know, each political side is trying to frame this person as the great, the great person, the great leader that's going to uh, rule all the plebs, you know, and lead them out, lead them to salvation. And it's, it's kind of sick to watch. And, you know, we're watching the same thing happen right now with Elon Musk, where there's this, this great evil and, and censorship and, 
and control of the internet and social media. And now Elon Musk, the guy that takes tons of government subsidies and, you know, works with the communist party of China. And it's just overall, like, you know, kind of a contentious character and not, uh, a freedom fighter in any, any way, shape or form is buying Twitter and promising to get rid of censorship. But, you know, also may usher in digital IDs you might have to verify. And I think that's super problematic because we need anons on the internet. That That is, you know, a great way to uh, express yourself and, and get these ideas out there. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But, yeah, we live in a society that worship it, worships mass murderers as a result of this great theory. There's nobody that is so superior that they have the ability to rule over you. There's people that have uh, just are better at things or are more capable at things that are smarter, you know, in certain uh, places that, you know, have authority in those fields, but the idea that somebody has the ability to, to essentially play God and rule and dictate every little thing to you is complete and utter bullshit. And that is an attitude that, that is incredibly dangerous. Um, this idea of political authority is incredibly dangerous and needs to be smashed and needs to be destroyed. And the people that promote it need to be mocked. So fuck you, Dennis Porter, even though you're a sponsor. All right, I am opening up the room. How's everybody doing tonight? Bad. Kiwi's doing bad. You guys need to talk. I need to fix my OBS. Somebody say something. Candy Graham. Optimus, you want to go into your thoughts on, on Elon Musk a little bit? You guys are killing me. Elon Musk is a shitcoin and a psyop and an enemy of the people. All right. I... What were you saying? If you... Also, also, Tesla suck. <clears throat> Fucking terrible cars. And Mars is fake. Because space is fake. Yeah, they seriously expect us to believe there's a place called Mars. Like, come on. The moon is fake, too. Yeah, it's all fucking fake. Maybe he can fly his magical cars to, I don't know, the Truman Show, man. It basically is the Truman Show. Bro, you're telling me the man who wants to put a wire into your brain is a good guy. Is it a wire? I thought it was just like a chip. An electrode. Well, you got to connect it somehow. So there's going to be, yeah, an electrode or a wire that connects, which, like, just kill me, please. Like a little dangly dangly. They go fishing in your brain. So. Sort of like, you know, just kind of like put a hole in the top of your head and then sort of like um, just uh, put like the electrode into it and like sort of I think there's probably a way to um, like sort of control the human being that way sort of and uh, just remote shut off all the cars. Zorn says it looks so fake. That's how you know it's real. Elon Musk. 
So yeah, is that anything? Like I, I'm concerned about them requiring. Like this is something that I think Jen Saki was saying a few months back was that if you get deplatformed off of one social media platform, you need to get deplatformed after all of them. And the only way that that's possible is with digital IDs. Um, and Elon tweeted about, you know, verifying to um, try and prevent scammers and bots. And I think those two things are very, very close to each other. And so I don't know if you, any of you guys have thoughts on that. All right, I guess not. Well, I've got thoughts on it. Elon Musk. I don't know. I think Joe Rogers said it pretty good today is that he is, he launched a social attack against Bitcoin. This whole, uh, it uses too much energy thing. And that needs to be remembered. You know, and in doing that, he essentially attacked our greatest. <laughs> Zorn says Elon's a scam, but that's good. But he essentially launched an attack against our greatest, uh, you know, weapon in this battle of freedom. And that's not something to take lightly here. Yeah, like Moses was saying, dude, like, this is a dude who wants to fucking put chips in our brains. Like, he cannot be trusted. Like he's just—he has so many red flags. Like, yeah, he's kind of funny on Twitter sometimes, but he's like not that funny. He's like funny for a normie, but he's like not even that funny. And he's a pretty interesting dude, but he's just like—I just suspect him. That's all. I can't really trust the guy. I find him to be a shady character, um, at the least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at. It's kind of the same thing with Jack, right? It's like he kind of talks a good game in a lot of ways. But it's like, but like you're Jack. Like I don't, I don't trust you. Like you've done so much shady stuff already that you know. I I, I tend to just assume that all of these people are just like the enemy. And you know, if they do something good, then dope, right? Like if Elon makes Twitter better, then dope. But like I'm, uh, I'm certainly not banking on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like. It, it's been interesting in my walk with Bitcoin and falling into libertarianism and volunteerism of just how uninterested I am in a lot of things like sports um, and movies and pop media and celebrity culture and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's resulting from, one, building confidence in myself because I think that's one thing that Bitcoin does. You know, it teaches you to to not trust authority and to verify um, for yourself. And then kind of, you know, coming to understand Bitcoin, you have to really unwind a lot of the bullshit that's taught to you and, and fed to you this idea that, you know, it's good to print money and it's good to trust authority figures just at face value and that all these things in history that you're taught in school are accurate and these fiat foods are, you know, 
nutritious and you know all the all the bullshit like that and um kind of seeing all of that happen in these in this culture is just it's, it's super unattractive and i think that's why there's a a strong reaction to people like Dennis Porter that are super that that represent that fiat world or Peter McCormick, you know, stuff like that. It's very undesirable in the world that we're building to be like that. Are we having issues with Twitter spaces or y'all just quiet tonight? I can't tell. I don't think it's I don't think it's an issue. I I, I was personally uh, just writing something. I, I can't speak for everybody else, but I, I was just distracted for a second. I was busy posting a flat Earth meme. I was mocking Ephesians. Sorry. Wait, I was actually also posting a flat Earth meme. So <laughs> great advice to like, I guess. So I'm the... I'm still drawing, so I'll be in and out, but I'm still listening. Uh, okay, that's the reason that it's quiet is because everybody is making flat Earth memes. Yeah. So I'm glad. To... I'm glad. I'm glad to see that we're actually hashing out the issues that really matter over here on Bitcoin Twitter. These damn globalists. Sorry about your show, bro. We gotta fix the corners on the fucking map. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I, I I do need to publicly admit that I think I have to come around a little bit on my position on dinosaurs. Uh, because I've been of the position that dinosaurs are fake. Because and then he bought 750 of them and changed his mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that. No, but, uh, uh, but, but I came across the fact that, uh, well, because obviously, obviously dinosaurs, I, I would assume, aren't real because evolution's not real. But I came across the fact that the Bible does talk about dragons. So I guess that the quote-unquote dinosaurs were really just dragons. Where does it talk about dragons? The Leviathan. Yeah, there's a couple of instances of uh of like these like great like beasts and uh I forget somebody actually killed a dragon. I think it might have been Jacob or Shem. I forget. So one one of them killed uh killed a dragon by giving him a bunch of hair mixed up with fat because I mean it, it, what's interesting about that is that it actually would work. I mean it doesn't explain why in the Bible, but like uh you know hair is not digestible. Uh, so, like, if you feed a lizard, like, a ball of hair and fat clumped together, it'll, like, clump up their insides and they'll fucking die. Uh, so, like, that's what he did. Um, so, there were dragons. And also, like, there are dragon myths in, like, pretty much every culture around the world. So, like, I assume, like, the flood thing, like, you know, there's, like, flood myths in, like, pretty much every culture in the world. And I assume the reason for that is just because there was a flood, you know? And I, I, I think the same thing with the dragons, like, there's all these fucking cultures all over the world that like had dragon mythology and it's probably just because there were dragons, which like, if you believe there were dinosaurs, it's not a stretch. You know what I mean? Like it's like dragons are not any more crazy or less crazy than, than dinosaurs. Like they're, it's the same level of, of craziness. Like if you think there's one giant extinct lizard creature that existed, there's no reason there couldn't be some other giant extinct lizard creature. So yeah. Publicly admitting, I'm changing my position slightly on dinosaurs because dragons were real. 
Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't mean to butt in here, Ephesians, but uh, can you either deny or endorse this tweet by Luke Dash Jr.? Um, I, I'll I'll pull it up for the people so they can uh, they can get on the same page. I, I want to hear uh, how you uh, write this correctly in your brain. Uh, Tucson. This is going to be a good one. Perfect on topic as well. So, uh, this is from Luke Dash Jr. Uh, I, I truly enjoy uh, his Bitcoin takes for the most part, but this one's pretty, pretty out there. Um, I, I'm not talking shit or whatever, but it's a fusion. Yeah, um, this is this is a good one. I, I'd like to hear your take since you're so pro Bible as well. This is a this is a Bible discussion, not a. Uh, anything else? Uh, he says taxation is theft because government receives. Oh wait, taxation isn't theft because government receives its authority along with duties from God. Those duties necessarily require funding and necessarily and nece- and necessity inherently creates a transfer of ownership. Taxpayers give them what is rightfully theirs. Abuses of taxation is another matter. Uh, Ephesians, as as a other God fearing man. Uh, do you believe the same thing? And does the Bible tell you the same thing? No, no, that's definitely not my thing. Uh, I mean, there, there's like so many different ways to come at this. Cause like, this is the thing that is like kind of like a normie Christian kind of meme. Is that like, if you, if you like believe in Jesus, you're like obligated to pay taxes, which is like, it, it's, it's like a bizarre stretch. Um, but it like comes from like a few different, comes from like a, there's, there's like a few different parts uh, most of, most of the uh, shit that they reference is in Romans, um, but there's like a few different things that they that they reference, and they, there's like a lot of semantic stuff with it. Like it says, like you know, for example, like render unto Caesar that is which is Caesar's, uh, for example, in the New Testament, and uh, you know, one could argue that it's like, all right, one would do that, but it's like, but it's like, what does Caesar actually write? Because like. You know, it, it, people apply Caesar to the government, right? Like, think about this, like, a, like I'm, I'm an ANCAP, right? I'm a Christian, but I'm also an ANCAP. I'm kind of like a hoppy in ANCAP. And, like, you know, I, I am of the position that a monarch, uh, however much you may not love that, like, a monarch is a legitimate uh, type of relationship that you can have with people. Uh, like, you know, because you should be the king of your property, right? Like, a monarch is just basically a giant landlord, right? Somebody who owns a shitload of property and everybody lives under him, under his rules. You know, like that, in my opinion, is philosophically sound. So, like, if you are living like in some kingdom where there's some king who owns all the land, and you own, and you live on his land, and you know he collects a fucking fee from you in order to be able to live on his land, I think that's a perfectly moral uh, situation to be in. Uh, and I would absolutely advise in that situation, which would have been the situation in any anybody who was living at the time of the Bible, by the way. You know, what I mean, like, the, the idea of like the modern day nation state did not exist. You know, there were kings, and kings were just giant property owners, um, which, don't get me wrong, I understand that the king kind of functioned in a similar way to the government in some capacity, but, like, it, you know, there, there were no modern-day nation-state type things back then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, under a king, would I say that you should pay your taxes to live in the king's land? Because, I mean, presumably you would be able to leave, right? Like, you know, you'd presumably be allowed to leave. Um, so yeah, I mean that that would be I think a different. Yeah, in the woods though, and you you wouldn't really have any resources to leave if you lived in like serfdom. If you were a serf, you were pretty much like a fuck. You were a slave. Eh, I really don't see it that way. I re- I really don't see it that way. You know, because it's like well, like 
You know what? Prop, uh, there's a verse in Proverbs. I'll find the exact quote, but it says that a good man giveth an inheritance to his children's children, because poor people spend their whole life toiling for sustenance, and they can never achieve higher pursuits. Um, and so this is this is like also in the Bible. Also, circumcision is a shit coin, bro. It says that in the New Testament. All right, we uh, we we can go down the circumcision thing uh, later or whatever. But uh, to to get back to the thing with 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 Dasher's uh, shit take, you know, I I for, first of all, there's like a bunch of semantic arguments you have to make to be able to make that argument. Second of all, um, I I think there's a, a a case to be made, and it's a case that I would make that uh, that there's a difference between paying tariffs to a rightful property owner like a king and you know paying taxes to a modern day satanic nation state you know because as much as you may not like monarchy it really is kind of the natural order right like some alpha male ends up with all the fucking land and everybody is basically his tenant and as much as you might think that sucks that's just like the reality of how a free market would play out almost certainly and at the end of the day that's kind of all right so you know, I, I don't really have a problem with that. I don't think as a Christian, you're obligated to pay taxes. Uh, you know, Luke is a Luke is like a Spurg Catholic, which I'm nothing against Catholic specifically, but he's just like, you know, he's like super autistic. And I mean, this is a dude who fucking wears a gas mask everywhere. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. Bro. I, I, don't, I don't think his opinions outside of like, you know, how to implement, you know, Bitcoin uh, with any seriousness at all, really. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have some thoughts on this, and this has come up in the circles that I um, have been in. And I think that statism on its face is anti-Christ. You know, it, it's a religion in and of itself that takes the place of God in our society. It's the it's the it's this idea of worshiping authority of an individual. And so when you're paying taxes, you're essentially paying into this thing that is the polar opposite of it, you know, and like Zorn says here in the chat, I really like this. So what Christians fail to recognize is that everything belongs to God. So Caesar can go fuck himself. And like, yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but there, there's so much cognitive dissonance that happens in these circles of people that try and, you know, justify the state. And, you know, the clergy is one of the main institutions that supports statism. There's like, there's, uh, uh, what you call it, academia, um, there's religion, the clergy, organized religion, and then there's, uh, what's the third one? Oh, the media. And these three entities exist uh, to promote the state. And it's not really, Rothbard talks about this in Anatomy of the State a little bit. It's not really clear how them worshiping the state benefits them, but it sure as hell benefits the state. Um, I, I think academia is a little bit clearer, but as far as media, it's not as clear. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's like, you, you know, the cognitive dissonance that you see in the, in organized religion, um, in general is this idea of, uh, um, you know, we're going to go support breaking laws in countries like China and we're going to send missionaries over there because what they're doing is illegitimate. They can't say that you can't, um, practice Christianity in a church. But here, we're going to support mass murders. We're going to pray for our leaders. We're going to support the troops um, as they go do awful things in foreign countries um, to people. And 
it's it's so ass backwards. And I think what it comes down to is, um, like, uh, you know, my personal beliefs, I, I believe that God is the ultimate authority. And I've read the Bible, and there, there you know, when Jesus died, the, the temple shroud was ripped in half so that you could have a relationship directly with God. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, the way that individuals operate in our society is they have such a low opinion of themselves that they go directly to the clergy member as their God to dictate to them what, you know, is truth ultimately. And we know historically this has a terrible precedent. Like this is why, why um, there was the Reformation, you know, is because the Catholic Church was so abusive. When you give people that much authority over you um, because you have such a low opinion of yourself, terrible things happen. And, you know, this is what we're trying to get away from, you know, right now is because the state had so much power, has so much power and control with being able to issue the money. Um, and it's, it's a very similar dynamic, just replaying what, what the church had, where they had a monopoly over information um, when they were the only literate people and with the printing press. And I would argue that the moral thing to do back then was to distribute Bibles in people's, um, it translated in people's language uh, so that were, they weren't dependent on, um, you know, the clergy so that they could directly um, interact with God and decide for themselves uh, what they believed instead of, you know, being told that they can't eat fish on Friday, you know, because that was immoral and, uh, or they can't eat meat on Friday. So they have to only eat fish and the the church controls fish or being told that if they don't buy this trinket for an absurd amount of money, then you're going to go to purgatory for a thousand years. Like that's retarded and not true. So yeah, that Luke Dasher is wrong. Why did Optimus drop that bomb and then jump off stage? What a loser. Yeah, so Pledit says taxation is someone encroaching on your territory. Yeah, I mean, it's literally, I mean, obviously I don't have to explain this to this crowd, but it's like, it's literally just that. Like, it's in no way acceptable. Like, obviously, like, people just do it because they're pussies. And it honestly, like, it kind of blows my mind that like they've been able to keep this up for so long. Like, I mean, I, I guess like in other countries, it makes more sense where like people are generally less armed, but like in America, I mean, they've just been like strong arming the population for like a hundred years. And I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable to me. And it, like, the thing is too, it's like, I, mean, I guess it's one thing if you like make a shitload of money and like you want to have a lot of assets in your name and stuff, but like, you know, if you're, like, relatively low-key, like, it's really not hard to just not pay taxes. Like, you can just literally just not pay them. And, like, worst comes to worst, like, you know, they show up at your house to ask you about it and you move. You know? Like, fuck them. Like, you don't have to pay them. But, you know, people don't really want to deal with the consequences of that. And I get that to an extent, especially, like, people with families and stuff. But, like, you know... I, I think there are certain things that, like the principle of it is is kind of important, and it wouldn't take that many people. Like, I, like maybe this is very pie in the sky or whatever, but like it really wouldn't take that many people to just like end it all. You know, if like ten million people, which is like not that much, we're just like, yeah, I'm just not going to pay taxes anymore. 
like the whole thing would collapse because then like other people wouldn't do it and you know it would it would just get out of hand immediately but uh yeah a lot of people and it's funny it's like not a thing that's talked about a lot right because like, there's all sorts of like you know whether it's like the left toids or the right toids you know there's always uh you know talk of like what kind of action they can do and you know, all this stupid shit and it's just like well why don't you just like not pay taxes it, it blows our mind that that's not like discussed more as like a strategy for like political change it's like why don't you just stop paying them like isn't that a good start like it's like if you hate the fucking system it's like why don't you like stop giving all your money i mean but here's the thing is there there are well over 10 million people in the united states working individuals that earn a w-2 that are not paying their income tax i can guarantee that there's a very large portion this entire idea of statism is dependent on an illusion that everybody uh, consents to it and everybody believes in it. And, you know, what I try to do is just poke holes in that illusion to show that they don't have power. You know, it's like this idea of police, for example. Police are not everywhere at all times. You can break the law on a regular basis and get never get in trouble um, to a certain degree, like you said, if you're low-key. Uh, but the only way that it operates is if people have confidence in it, if, if some people have confidence in it. And, you know, it's like with this whole mask thing, like, why did everybody comply? It's because they saw everybody else complying, and it was very disruptive if somebody didn't comply. Um, and that's why, you know, it's falling on his face. And, like, it, it's amazing, you know, when I walk through the airport, I take my mask off, after I get through TSA or I walk through TSA with it on my chin, depending on if they yell at me or not. And it's amazing to just watch people look at me, make eye, like, uh, make eye contact and then remove their mask. Um, and th- well, this is before, you know, supposedly got, um, removed and stuff like that is just, you know, poking holes in the illusion. Like these people, only have control, you know, like Ephesians was saying, because of our compliance. And when you don't comply, they, they have very little control. And we have a critical mass. It's just the, the narrative isn't, um, you know, as apparent to people, like there's still this narrative that they somehow are all powerful and in control when they really have very little. Like you, you need a very small people amount of people to just say, no, you know, I'm not going to be a coward. <laughs> I'm not going to comply with you know, our ultimate destruction. And what we're watching happen right now is the market is growing for that um, because people are hitting their breaking points where they're like, I cannot comply anymore with this bullshit. Um, And that's, you know, it's it's incredibly exciting. And at the same time, it's incredibly, you know, dangerous and kind of scary. And this is why, you know, having tools like Bitcoin is so important because, you know, you need to cover your bases. Like Bitcoin changes everything. you know, if you don't pay your taxes, they can seize your property. Uh, but when you have Bitcoin secured uh, in, in a good way, you know, essentially they can put you in prison. You, you live off of taxpayer dollars for a little bit, depending on how much they hate you. Um, it kind of determines how unpleasant that experience is. Um, but essentially, <laughs> you know, you have a forced hodl where they can't... Uh, get those funds and that's pretty that's pretty wild and that changes the um the dynamic a lot there in the relationship with these maniacs but yeah there there's no mandate to rule 
Like the great man theory is really dumb. What it comes down to at the end of the day is these individuals get into the positions of, you know, leadership or, you know, whatever it is when you look at, you know, influential people that are applauded by our society, like uh, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or, you know, Ron, even Ron Paul recently, they're, they're just a response to the market. Ultimately, like they're not, um, they weren't like ordained in any way. They got there because of chance and being in the right place in the right moment. And they might have been great people. They might have been very, very uh, um, smart, intellectual, um, hardworking, you know, whatever it is. But there's tons of people out there. And the idea of, like, idolizing individuals is just a bad, bad way to go. Okay, we got a lot in the chat. Zorn says chat won't let him swear. Zorn says selling indulgences completely trash the church and cause a split. Um, yeah, you know, I would agree with that. Um, but I would also agree, you know, have to say to that is part of the reason why things changed was because of technology, because of the printing press. You know, they've been doing tons and tons of awful things for a very long time uh, and got away with it. And that one sp- particularly... Um, like Martin Luther just was in the right place at the right time um, and was able to distribute information, you know, via the printing press, via papers and, you know, his, uh, whatever the things he nailed on the door got circulated to a bunch of people. Um, Plutus says Islam and Judaism were born before government. So that's why they act more like a government. Uh, Quran reads, like a set of laws with capital punishment. That's interesting. Uh, Plutus says that's why those religions aren't compatible with Western values of the state. That's also interesting. Um, Christianity was born in the Roman Empire, so the people obeyed the state. That is also interesting. Um, Yeah. Well, I wanted to say something about not having heroes. I learned when I was very young, um, when I yeah, when I ended up <laughs> meeting a few of my heroes, and they were all incredibly disappointing individuals. That I had to really just do it for myself. And as cliched as it sounds, I feel like Bitcoin is be your own hero technology. You got to educate yourself and take care of yourself in the process and you know, lift others around you up, but it really is about you first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, I think like mentorship and, you know, strong parenting and, um, you know, things like that are very undervalued in our society. And I think they're innate to the way, you know, we're supposed to grow up. Like we're supposed to have, you know, strong individuals in our lives that show us the ropes, you know, and teach us skill sets. And a lot of that is lacking. And part of the reason why, you know, is because the state has taken over that role uh, with public education. And I think that kind of feeds into, you know, the hero worship of looking on others with envy to a certain extent, you know, because people have missed out on, on things they need. So... 
So I wouldn't say like, you know, don't have examples on your life and just be, you know, be like staunchly opposed to trusting anybody. But the, the thing ultimately is like trust should be earned and there's not like a, a healthy process as encouraged in our culture to do that. Um, and I think that's why we, we see scandal after scandal of person doing awful things. Um, and it's, it's good to be very untrusting of somebody as they, you know, blow up and become the new fad. I'll say that. Let's see. That was a good topic, Optimus. So, yeah, we talked a little bit about food shortages last week and then all of this news of food plants around the U.S. blowing up came on. Marty Bent was tweeting about it. It was all over the place. Anybody have any thoughts on that or dig deeper into that? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I started paying attention to that because my buddy and I have a theory that the um, you know CIA is going to start basically uh, making things explode and pushing the uh, narrative of food shortages. And I just, I was like, all right, we'll see what happens. And a week later, you know, news hits. And now I've got a list. There's like 18 of them that have been hit. And there's, you know, there's a typical amount of food plants that, you know, will be destroyed over the course of a year. But we're starting to get kind of well out of that. And I'm also just starting to educate myself in the process. This is new for me, but it's like, I had a theory and now I'm running with it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think they're like, you know, I think they want to induce like Stalinist style food shortages and like get everybody on government rations. And, you know, I think, I, I personally think that the US government is basically like full blown communist. So that's kind of the direction I expect them to go. And I mean, frankly, I think that. You, you, you can expect it not only with the fucking like the fires that you're seeing at the fucking plants and all this stuff but I mean also you know I was I, I as Moses mentioned earlier I just bought a shitload of chicks like baby chickens and it was fucking difficult let me tell you because like they're in such high demand right now and demand can't be met because apparently there's some like crazy bird flu that's been going around in all the fucking hatcheries so like you know there's all these fucking problems related to that and i suspect that just like with covid uh they're probably engineering uh like animal viruses as well to like kill off livestock because obviously like they're gonna have to like if they're serious about their agenda which they are like it's not like they aren't aware that like millions of people have livestock you know they're i assume they've thought of that uh so there's probably going to be diseases uh, that they're going to make and that they are making uh, to try to kill off, you know, as much livestock as possible. So that's something that really concerns me a lot as well. Yeah. I've definitely had that thought. It's a, yeah, it, it seems to be coming at a very convenient time for these maniacs and, Like this is this is how they get control. I mean, the the social credit system is coming, the digital ID system is coming, and it's here in some places. And it's been 
pretty unpopular and COVID wasn't enough to push it through a hundred percent and they just need to create pain. You know, when people are in pain, they aren't thinking critically and they don't have a lot of bargaining power. So yeah, it's, I, I can jive with those a hundred percent. The bird, all the chickens dying is pretty, uh, Oh yeah. 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 I mean, so, you know, going off of what, uh, Ephesians was saying, uh, like they're just idea, you know, and one of the big issues I have with Alex Gladstein is that he applauds, uh, the West as being somehow superior to other countries, you know, in their form of governance, like the, the Chinese communist party. And it's amazing to me, like, you know, we li- we live in a country that has the most incarcerated people per capita in the entire world. And there's so many ways that you don't have freedom and that you're influenced by coercion in your day-to-day life. And it's very hard to escape, and most people don't. And there's not a way to opt out of it. And to believe that that's anything other than a totalitarian government is is kind of you know silly and like on the topic of elections so Pledit says uh wish Le Pen would have won would have loved to see the EU shatter uh yeah I mean like how do we as individuals like even know that elections are legitimate in the slightest like there's no way to go and verify them um I mean I, I think voting is stupid in and of itself because you're competing you know, with the masses and it's just a rule by, um, you know, force essentially. And it's very anti individualistic to, to have any form of democracy, you know, where people can vote away your property and rights. It's, it's absolutely retarded, um, to believe that that's somehow a, um, step towards freedom. Um, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know, you look at an election like that and it's like, um, not, not that I believe that, you know, Le Pen would have been all that much better than Macron, but, like, we we have we have tools at our disposal right now, and it starts with just exiting the system. And, you know, kind of going on, you know, the food shortages and, like, you know, the poultry being potentially targeted with, with viruses and artificial shortages being created or shortages be being created because of fuckery and behind the scenes is like, you know, most of these places that you get eggs and, and chicken from, there's like these, these giant warehouses where they're all stacked on top of each other. And I think when we decentralize the food supply and do it on smaller scales, we're a little bit more resilient and it's definitely not, you know, a hundred percent, but having backups for your food supply um, creating your own food at home as well as trading with people locally, I think is pretty powerful. So that's what I do for my, uh, mental, emotional health on the weekends. Um, when I'm not working is spend a lot of time preparing and and building that out for myself because I think that's important. Oh, grumpy. Yeah, I agree, man. I think more people should do it. And like, you know, there's this like propaganda in there and like ways against us but like if you see the direction in which things are trending and you 
maybe want to be prepared for some sort of a less than optimal situation that you're just like some kind of a crazy person. You know, it's like, oh, you're a prepper. You're a doomsday prepper. You know, you're just some crazy person waiting for the end of the world. It's like, no, like I'm just like not retarded. Like I literally just see what's going on and I'm not being gaslit. But a tremendous amount of people, like it's unbelievable. Even like with all the COVID stuff, you know, it's like so many people are like, oh yeah, but like, you know, I ain't that bad. Like there's nothing really to worry about. Everything will be fine. I think a lot of people really like, even people who generally like give lip service to saying they don't like the government. Like, I think a lot of people deep down inside, like, do kind of just default to trusting the government to keep them safe. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think a lot of people, it comes back to, they just have very low self, self view or like opinion of themselves. And they don't know what they're capable of. And like the, the thing I explained to, you know, my family members with prepping because I've been trying to really drive this point home for a long time that they need to have stores of food and, you know, water and start getting out of population get away from population density a little bit is like the very worst that happens, you know, with this stuff, if you start taking care of a garden and have some livestock and, you know, do these things is, you have discipline and you just have a little bit less to worry about. You know, you have your bases covered. Like that's, that's the worst that happens from this. So there's not really a lot of downside to it. Um, but yeah, I think people don't like to admit how vulnerable they are, um, in their current state. And I think that's where part of it comes from, um, where they, you know, trash the conspiracy theorists or whatever. So. Yeah. I was a like prepper self-sufficient person long before I was a Bitcoiner. And um, a lot of people definitely told me I was crazy for having food stored and, you know, spending, spending all this time in the garden. But like you said, you know, what, what happened for me is it became a source of um, stability and mental health and showed me what I'm actually capable of. And, um, you know, I, I created a whole new community. There's a small group of farmers that I'm in touch with. And, you know, it just, uh, I guess it, it made things a lot more positive for me. So regardless of what happens, it's like I've got this thing in my life that makes me feel better. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the beautiful things about Bitcoin, too, is like, it really built, sets a fa strong foundation, which you can start building off of. And it's going to set a really strong foundation when the food shortages get real and when the digital ID system comes in and where the only way to, you know, be able to operate in normal society is to comply. When you can start to trade with people outside of the system and, you know, flourish in that it's it's a pretty you know exciting thing but yeah that networking i think is incredibly important like that's something that's missing is is strong communities of people having each other's backs and it's a bummer
Yeah, now I care about building a strong local food network and, you know, kind of small group of like-minded people. I don't like big groups. I don't like organizing, but I also acknowledge that I can't just do everything alone. I can't, I can't have cows on my land, so I got to have someone else who has cows, but I can provide something. So it's, um, yeah, it, there is collaboration to it. Yeah. It's that division of labor. That's important. Not everybody can do everything. So yeah, I have a prediction to make, and I predict that the war on Twitter anons and uh, the war on anons in general is going to really ramp up in the next few months. Are you ready, Anon? Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I think like mass doxing of people that they view as undesirables is definitely a tactic that feels like it's on the table. Yeah. How do you think they would do that? They would just track your IP address. Uh, I don't know. How do. I mean, that, that's one obvious one. I mean, I'm, I, one that I think concerns me is like uh, people just getting like their password packed. Because like I feel like a lot of people uh, like probably just use like one password for everything. Um, you know, so like you could theoretically get you know all sorts of trouble that way. Um, you know, there's all sorts of different stuff that could be like it's just you know the. There's one thing the government is really, really good at. It's war, and I guess they've decided that we are their new target. Uh, so yeah, we should expect all sorts of crazy shit and really be on our toes. I don't know. I don't know what we can really do about it other than just like, I mean, stand up for whatever you said. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just like stand up for yourself and just be like, yeah, no, I said that. Like yeah, I believe that. Like you know, if you if you try to do the thing where you, you try to fucking defend it and weasel out of it it's just like you're fucked um what does concern me though a lot more than that specifically is like they could kind of like say oh well you know because let's say for example that like they blow up some fucking food processing plant and they fucking blame it on you know whatever they whatever government term they decide to call their their enemy class right uh you know they could basically say oh well you know we need you know they're obviously like such a major threat you know we need to you know actually like you know kinetically target these people and either arrest them or kill them uh and you know this the the criteria for doing that could be pretty vague you know like i'm sure most of us have said stuff online that I could reasonably see somebody like Kamala Harris just like authorizing a death squad to just fucking kill you for it. Like, you know, they could just say, oh, well, you know, this person like said this thing on Twitter in fucking 2017. And like, he's obviously clearly a domestic extremist or a fucking, you know, whatever fucking term they want to call you. So yeah, that, that really actually like does kind of concern me a little bit. Um, you know, I guess just uh, just pray. <laughs> I don't, I don't really have much of a better answer than that, though. Yeah. Well, this is why I think it's important to get you know, like 
a lot of us interact a lot online with each other, but I think it's also important to have a core circle of people in your local community and start building a network there uh, for that reason. Like there, there's going to be coming come a point where there's going to be kind of a dark age for online expression, uh, potentially, hopefully not, but I'm kind of seeing a trend in that direction. And you just you need people you need to surround yourself with. And it makes it more expensive for them to accomplish things like that. Um, because, you know, one of, one of the things that, you know, like, we're, we're in a war right now. These people declared war at, against us. We didn't choose it. And one thing that makes it more difficult for them to operate is, like, if you're on your own and they take you out... It, it doesn't really have a ripple effect, but if you have a lot of people around you that, you know, give a shit, uh, when something like that happens and become very, um, what's the word? Just, just uncon discontented, uh, with circumstances and, and then begin to do a lot of pushback. It just makes it more expensive for them. And I think those networks of individuals are, is super, super important to be meeting with people on a very regular basis um, directly around you so that they know you um, and they trust you. And when you get crucified in the, in the status media that there's another voice out there kind of competing with that because that, that is a way that backfires for them. Also stack lots of ammo. I mean, I think that's, like, one of the realities that a lot of people have, like, you know, the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is it's a, it's a very defensive, um, asymmetric, you know, way to protect yourself against these maniacs. It's peaceful. It's a very peaceful way to go about things. But our opponents um, are not peaceful individuals. And there is a reality that, that things like that can happen that your, your physical safety can be threatened uh, going forward here in the future. And it's it's not not an awesome thing to think about, but it just kind of puts into perspective, like how many people have these, you know, how many people has Hillary Clinton ordered to die? How many people has Donald Trump ordered to die? How many people has Obama ordered to die? And numbers in the millions. And to think that they somehow won't do the same to you <laughs> is a very silly backwards thing to think. Yeah, people always think, oh, it can't happen here. Except, like, it, it can. I mean, it already has, right? Like, the Civil War happened. <laughs> like, it's already happened here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's I, I don't understand how anybody could, like, even like mildly follow like what goes on in politics and not see that like the government certainly appears at least to be gearing up for like some kind of a genocide type event against its people. And, I, and what's really kind of scary about it is that it seems like pretty much every government in the world is doing this at the same time in conjunction with each other. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's quite a time to be alive. Like, I almost hope like somebody can explain to me why I'm like just a crazy person and like I'm I'm just being paranoid 
but it, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like this is actually playing out exactly the way that someone like Alex Jones would tell you. Yeah, I know. It. I mean, you just look at like the Biden inauguration and how crazy that was with all the National Guard standing there. Just how blatant uh, that is. The projection of power that we're in control in, in your small, not that I was rooting for, for Trump or anything like that, but that was, that was pretty unsettling to watch that happen. What's up grumpy. Good morning. Wait, what was weird about the inauguration? I didn't watch it. It was like a military occupation. What did it, what did it look like? Yeah. Okay. It so, looked, yeah, looks they, like Afghanistan. Like, what does an, an inauguration usually look like? It's like a fucking party. And, like, yeah, they have some fucking cops around and stuff. But it looks like, I don't know, like a fucking sports event. You know, like, people get around and fucking cheer. And maybe there's some fucking protesters or whatever. But, I mean, it's normal. It's a normal public event. And, yeah, there's, like, security around the president. But, like, that's, like, you know, it, it's, it's very minimal. And most of it is incognito, usually. This time... They rolled in, like, what, like 10,000, 20,000 troops, like, fucking, you know, MRAPs and, like, all sorts of crazy shit. I mean, like, it, I mean, it looked like a fucking scene out of Kosovo. Like, I mean, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. It was totally unprecedented in, in, in modern American history. And I, I think it, it, it's an absolutely, I think it's a fair point, too, that, it, that, that it's, a, it's a blatant projection of power. And I'm just like flat out saying to anybody who's paying attention, we will fucking kill you if you have anything to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they put, they put fences up everywhere, you know, and really restricted people's movement in the entire city. And I think there's some of that still lingering today. Well, and they went like full blown fucking like Stasi over all of the people who went to the whole January 6th protest thing. You know, like, basically everybody who went there, I mean, I'm sure there were some crazy, uh, but, like, you know, basically everybody who went there was just, like, you know, a moderately radicalized, like, Republican, basically. Like, you know, these are people who are not, like, any sort of actual threat. Like, they were not armed. Like, they weren't going to fucking round up and fucking, you know, torture the fucking Congress people or whatever. Like, that was never something that was going to happen. And the government <clears throat> treated this as a literal terrorist attack and tracked people's cell phones and tracked people's uh, debit and credit cards and, you know, all sorts of, of uh, indicators of movement that they had accessible to them. And, like, straight up just, like, imprisoned, like, shitloads of fucking people for what was pretty objectively a peaceful protest like you know it, it's like a, it's almost like i mean not almost like i mean it is very much like what they would do to like somebody from fucking afghanistan that they would accuse of being a terrorist you know it's like they just fucking kidnap you and they fucking lock you away somewhere and they say that you're a terrorist and you know maybe like if you're you know stateside like a lot of these people are you probably have a lawyer but, like, your lawyer's fucking useless because you're in a fucking uh, FISA court, and the FISA courts are just, like, rubber stamps to send people that the government doesn't like to prison. So, you know, it's, it, it, it really is a terrifying situation. And I think anybody should have realized that it's, like, you know, like you sound like saying, like, you know, if the government is willing to, like, do all this evil shit to people in a different country, 
Like, they're willing to do it to you. Like, they don't give a fuck about you. It's not like George Bush is like, oh, yeah, like, I'm down to kill a fucking million people in Afghanistan and Iraq and all these places. But, like, not an American. I would hate to see an American die. I care so much about Americans. I love them. Uh, people, they, they don't give a fuck about any of us. Yeah. Yep. And actually, not only do they don't give a fuck about any of us, they actually want us dead. It's like not only just about like they want money and like they do want money and it's not like they're just like willing to kill you in exchange for the money. It's like they actually also just, I mean, they want that too, but like they also just want death. Like they also just like are part of some kind of the death cult that like thrives on evil and they want to just institute as much death and suffering as they possibly can on this planet. Yeah. And, and not even to mention the people that they threw in prison over this, but the way that they went after people's jobs and people got fired just for having a dissenting voice in it. Like they, they'll go and they'll tear down everything you have just because you say no. And what, what most of these people that were there, there was a very small people portion of people that went into the Capitol, probably most of them being feds. Um, but there was a ton of people that were just there and, and what they were saying, you know, in voicing, which is totally legitimate, is that they're not happy with <laughs> being ruled over by somebody of a different opinion, you know, and that's like the whole idea of volunteerism, you know, ultimately they don't get it, you know, because they're diehard status. But this is the whole idea of volunteerism is that it's not legitimate unless you you voluntarily opt into it. And like <laughs> they don't. They, they want you to know that it's not appropriate not to approve. And it's just so sad to watch so many people, you know, think that, oh, we just have to wait 40 years till we can fix it. And it's not going to happen. I, I think, you know, and, and the other thing that's scary too is like, I think we're at a point where violence is, is unavoidable, like in our country, that they're, we're in the midst of a civil war of sorts and that these people don't see any way out other than, you know, ultimately violent um, because they think that the only solution is voting. And it's like, no, we need to opt out and leave this system and attack them at their source of power. You know, and ultimately their source of power is the belief that they have power. It's this religion of statism. And when that is crushed and people lose faith in it, that's that's how we win this. And, and that that is a battle that needs to happen. But... You know, this is why, you know, things like supporting the police is super counterproductive. You know, because the police are the enforcers of the laws. They're the boot of the government. You know, and there's a lot of cops out there that, you know, I think are genuinely have good intentions. But that doesn't mean what they're doing is moral. And to be supporting people doing immoral things and essentially supporting the enslavement of individuals is not helpful in the slightest and they need to be told what they're doing is immoral. So <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Pledit asked, do you think Bitcoin civil wars could ever escalate into real world world protests and violence? I think we could totally see that in the future. The contentious hard fork of twenty twenty eight. Honestly, I would 
I look forward to a world in which all wars have to be paid for in actual money. I think there will be a lot less war. Like, I don't think there won't be wars. Like, I think all wars will be Bitcoin and wars at a certain point, right? Because I think everybody will be using Bitcoin. Uh, but you know, people will actually have to pay for them in real money, which means I think there will probably be a lot less of it. So they won't be able to just get, like, infinite money from the CIA for every fucking war. Planet says, I can see a Veer, Chris Larson type weaponizing the people of El Salvador to take to the streets. I mean, they already have. That's interesting. Explain in chat how they have already done that. I'm not familiar with that. I definitely don't think it would look like war in any way like we currently see. But, I mean, you can look back to the block size wars and there was definitely some thoughts there that um you know there were ddos attacks and and stuff behind the scenes that um was kind of war-esque but there's a question around that i, I mean to- i think i i think what i think what it'll probably look like honestly is like cyber stuff and targeted assassination because those are just the cheapest ways to fight war i think and propaganda, but I guess that falls into the cyber war thing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we'll see how that works. I mean, I think, I think the result of where we're going is that we're going to have to take anonymity online a lot more seriously. Like everybody, get a NIM and operate off the the typical mechanisms of uh, communication on the internet. That's probably a good practice to start right now. So I got an important question for you, Susan. Right. Where do you on the uh, shape of the earth debate? Are you a flat earther or are you a globe earther? I don't have a strong opinion. I like to definitely play both sides on what I think is funnier, but I would say I'm a globalist. Okay, well, you had me until the end. Because, like, that's kind of where I am. Like, I wouldn't call myself a globe-earther, but I also wouldn't call myself a flat-earther. I just, like... I just know that they lie about literally everything. And it's like, yeah, they're probably lying about the Earth, too. I don't really care that much or have that strong of an opinion. But it does seem to really irritate people. So I enjoy it for the meme. And as I've been kind of joking about, but like, you know, seriously, you know, the Bible says the earth is four corners and spheres don't have corners. So, you know, it's probably not a sphere. Yeah. I mean, it, it brings up an interesting point of like, I, I, I think the default can't be that everything that they're saying is a lie, you know, because there's some things baked into truth you know, ultimately. And that's how, how, you know, the lie becomes. A yeah. But see, I, I completely disagree with this take though. Okay. Like I, I think the default should be everything that they're saying is lies. Even if you're wrong about one or two things at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. Like if I think that the earth is flat and it's not, who cares? Like my life is no worse because of that. Your life is no worse than that. It's not like planes are going to start falling out of the sky. Cause I think the earth is flat. Right. Like, it doesn't fucking matter if I'm wrong. Who gives a shit? Whereas, believing anything that these people say 
has actual tangible consequences. Will result will result in people in death camps and and all sorts of horrible situations. So I think the default should always just be reject literally everything that they say. And you know what? You're wrong every once in a while. I I think that's acceptable collateral damage in this war. Yeah, that's a fair point. The one thing I'll say about flat Earth theory is I I genuinely entertained it in like 2015, and I was watching all those hour long videos and doing the experiments and stuff. And they were saying dumb things like you couldn't fly from Australia to South America. And you can. And that was kind of the end of, uh, well, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of like, um, I mean, I think there's several things going on. I think there's a lot of like, just straight up like disinformation out there. Um, there's also a lot of grifters who are just like making money on like the flat earth grift. Um, you know, that's definitely a real thing, but, um, I think that there also is like, there are interesting arguments to be made. I mean, frankly, like the, the one that I find the, mo- the most interesting is kind of like the, uh, kind of like snow globe type theory, as opposed to like the flat earth thing, I guess in the snow globe, the earth is still kind of flat, but it's like in a snow globe. I don't know that, that, that is more interesting to me, but uh, I don't really have a particularly strong opinion on either one. Um, but I think the idea that we can just assume, because like, and I don't mean to like, I mean, I do mean to berate people a little bit, but like, I don't mean to berate people when I say it's like, you know, you're, it, it's comparable to like, oh, well, all the scientists say that climate change is real, therefore it's real. And it's like, well, that's not actually how science works. And they're actually wrong about that. And, you know, I think people are like, oh, well, you know, if the earth was fucking this or that or whatever, it's like, you know, we would know about it. Like, people would see it. It's like, yeah, but that's the same exact argument that normies make about everything. Like, that's actually not a good argument. I understand people think it's a good argument. It's a good emotional argument, but it's, but it's not actually a good logical argument. So, I don't know. I keep it up in mind. I don't really give that much of a shit. Like, I don't really particularly like flying. I have no intention of trying to go to space. You know, so it doesn't really matter to me in any capacity. I plan on, you know, living the rest of my life and dying here on Earth. So, um, I don't, I don't really care, but it, it, it's a good meme and it, and it, and it annoys all the right people. Um, and, and it's also, and you know, again, like my, you know, a big, a big part of like my whole worldview is like, you know, I think that we're in a propaganda war and we should do our own propaganda. Like our, our enemy is doing propaganda and we should do propaganda back at them. And, you know, if we miss the mark every once in a while, I think that's acceptable because we should just generally be creating a culture of rejecting everything that the lizards want us to think. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think the thing that's frustrating in the religion of scientism is the idea that, like, they they present this idea that we have such a comprehensive knowledge of how everything works, when in reality we have such very little understanding of how things work and what the after, um, you know, the impacts are. Um, and it's, it's very clear in, in medicine that this is the way, you know, things operate and the things that are, and you just have to go back, you know, a couple decades to when they were lobotomizing people, you know, just to see how, how clear that was when they had very similar attitudes and opinions. You look at the, the whole climate change debate and it's very similar. All you have to do is go back a decade and a decade before to just see how different, you know, the beliefs and narratives are. You know, and, and a better understanding is that 
we, you know, are very limited in our ability to understand what's happening right now. We're individuals and we can only see what we can see, you know, make decisions based off the information that we know and everybody else is individuals in the same way and that there's no real ultimate authority um, that can dictate, you know, everything essentially like when you look at it in, in like central planning is incredibly destructive. And I think these ideas that, you know, are promoted that these people are so knowledgeable and know everything. Um, and, and there are some people that are pretty incredibly smart, but that doesn't mean that they can dictate to millions of people the way that they live their lives. You know, ultimately there has to be experimentation. There has to be competition to determine truth over long periods of time. And, you know, that's the ultimate reality. So I guess that's my take on it. But, yeah, the the propaganda war, you know, it's entertaining to get into. Um, I haven't really entered into the flat earth uh, stuff. Um, it's kind of funny to watch on the periphery. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, and at the end of the day, you know, we're just going to shit post until we're all rich enough to buy Ross Ulbricht out of prison. Mm. That's a good goal. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to the chat. Pledin and Zorn are lighting me up. Um, I'm not going to be able to read all of these, but somebody at one point said that, I think it was Zorn, said that somebody's going to go around killing Bitcoiners to try and um, increase the price. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that's implausible. Maybe consider going to the next big Bitcoin conference for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend like, if, like you know, if anybody has got like a large amount of coins, like a really large amount of coins, I would probably get off of Twitter. I would probably start working on OPSEC. Like, <laughs> I would, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, if you, like, got a lot of coins, like, you should already be thinking about this. Like, you're uh, you're definitely a target, in my opinion. Twitter's what is OPSEC? Operational security. So, like, just, like, just a general, like, construction of, like, your security and, uh, like, how you interface with the world. You know, like if you're, uh, you know, if you want to be like a Twitter and on, you know, like some object things you're going to want to think about or like, you know, what email do you have connected to Twitter? What phone number do you have connected to Twitter? What IP address do you have connected to Twitter? If those are all burner services, how did you pay for them? Did you pay for them in credit card? If you pay for them in credit card, you should have paid in cash. If you paid in cash, did you pay for it on camera? Were you like wearing a mask? Like, did you... Get off, did you leave the store with a mask, but you got right into your car and your, your license plate is on camera? I mean, like, you got to think about all these kinds of things. Like, I mean, well, you might not, but you know what I mean? Like, somebody who's, like, trying to worry about, like, their oper operational security, like, say somebody who's sitting on, like, a 1,000 or, like, 10,000 Bitcoin or something like that, you know, you would probably want to think about those kinds of things um, and have, like, a good plan um, to just operate in your day-to-day -day life so you don't get fucked. Yeah. 
or you could just be the guy from F2 Pool, that fucking Asian guy who's just got 9,000 Bitcoin in a single wallet and just flex about it. You can do that too. Yeah, that guy's pretty badass. That's the biggest dick Asian motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. Well, while I have you here, Ephesians, let's talk about the hash rate a little bit. Let's go. So we've we've been we've been getting trashed a little bit for our opinions. That hash rate's gonna go up. Yeah, dude, number go up. Fuck the haters. They're just salty that they're gonna sell me their S nineteens for five million sets. Yeah, minor prices are coming down. Yeah, and I mean it's gonna continue to go down. Like short of like a major Bitcoin bull run. Um, yeah, it's gonna go down a lot in terms of sats. And um you know, I just, you know, I I don't believe for a second that you know, people, okay. Let me let, let me steal man the the people who disagree with these position to the best of my abilities, and then I'll explain why I think they're wrong. Right. So their point is that with COVID and tariffs and war in Ukraine and all this crazy stuff, the supply chains are wrecked and. You know, Bitcoin mining operations are not going to be able to uh, get the machines that they need and the transformers that they need and, you know, all the stuff that they're going to need. They're going to have all sorts of problems. And, you know, the the amount of hash rate that's going to go up over the course of the next year, maybe even a couple of years, because it's reasonable to assume that this, you know, war or whatever the, you want to call this situation that the world is in uh, will probably go on for at least several years. Um, you know, so some people are basically under the impression that, um, the hash rate is not going to be able to go up that much because of all of these issues. Um, also there could be political attacks on Bitcoin, right? Like, you know, you could see there be more serious regulation on mining. Uh, you could see, you know, all sorts of problems with that. Um, and I guess my, uh, rebuttal to that would be that large-scale Bitcoin mining is like a really seedy, politically connected business. And even if everybody else is having problems, I'm very confident that large-scale Bitcoin miners will get what they need done because they have politicians in their pockets, they have favors to call, they have all sorts of juice, and they have shit tons of money at their disposal um i and they're and they're they're already like you know i mean it's and obviously like bitcoin mining is a free market to an extent but it's like a cartel like they like they've already built a successful cartel like they're clearly like operators so i'm uh, so hungry and i don't know what to eat uh yeah, yeah. Eat, can't help it. eat beef yeah, you should eat beef or or lamb or or, or chicken or you know any any meat. Okay, for, is it going to be meatballs or, or a steak? It depends. Like, are you making the meatballs yourself or are they like frozen? They're frozen. You definitely steak. I don't want to cook it. What kind of woman are you? You don't even like to cook. I just She's not going to make like it. it. I got home from work today. No, that makes her unacceptable. Why are you working? You're a woman. It's not your job. You gotta be, pay rent. You should be. You should be 
at home cranking out kids for some man. I'm a lemon. I can't. I can't get pregnant. So you should okay. You should be out there grafting new lemon trees then. Is that how you do that? I'm a seedless lemon. Uh, do you have a? Is it grafting like a branch thing? Um, we yeah, put the I, lemon seeds in the ground. Yeah, but like, couldn't you like clip a branch and like bury the branch? What? Couldn't Couldn't you like grow a lemon tree from a branch? What? I think you heard me. I think the lemons they grow from the branch. Yeah, I think all I think all fruits grow from branches. Yeah. I guess some probably grow. Yeah, some grow from stems. I guess you would say. I come from a tree. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to change topics. So we've okay. been we've been going uh, hard in the paint talking about these evil psychopaths and whatever. I want to move on to something lighter. So you know, Pledit was talking about you know finding ways to prevent spam on the internet. Um, stuff like that without a digital ID. And uh, Guy Swan has a really cool system on his website where you can vote uh, for the next article to be read. And this week, people voted, including myself, uh, paid sats. So essentially the way it works is it ranks articles and you pay sats with the Lightning Network um, to boost the article that you want. Whichever one gets the most sats gets read and... Somebody, I'm not sure who it was. I saw Greg Zadge post it, but um, Guy Swan read the whole debate between American Hoddle and Dieter Bob because um, Stephen Chow uh, transcripted it into an article. And that really was a lot of fun watching that play down. Did anybody get a chance to listen to that or see that that whole thing? No, I mean, I saw the original one, but I, I haven't seen Guy Swan reading it. I, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Here, let me let me play a little bit of it real quick. Oh, my computer's freezing. Uh, all right, there we go. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Hey, bitch. Cursing to a minimum on this show. I don't do a very good job of it. Hey, and, you know, that's going to make me feel good even though this is today's episode of Bitcoin Audible. It was funny. Dieter and have at it. Let me just skip to the bottom of it. Damn pool. That's the plan. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You're a pandering fuck. You are a pandering fuck. I want to get people wealthy off of Bitcoin. Do you not also want the same thing for people? You don't give a fuck about anyone, dude. You're here for you, period. Even you even just admitted it. Oh, I go on Peter's show for my own end. Everyone's here for themselves. You. F- yeah, that was amazing. That made me so happy. Yeah, I got I got a pretty good laugh. Like listening to Guy Swan do. Uh, the lip and <laughs> it's like oh, it's wonderful because I'm so used to the Bitcoin Audible. I've listened to a shitload of them. Totally different. Yeah, 
it's pretty fantastic. And I think stuff like that's really important. You know, we can, you know, we're, we're in wartime, so we have to take it pretty seriously, but we got to keep up the morale and have fun with stuff like that. Absolutely. Got to have fun. So going forward in the future, what are some ways this would be a really funny Bitcoin magazine article to write? Um, but what are some ways or wait, 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 no, not Bitcoin magazine, shitcoin magazine. Where are you at Kiwi? What's going on with that? Um, but a funny article would be in the future, 10 ways for shitcoiners to have fun staying poor. What are, what are some ways that, um, shit coiners and no coiners are going to have fun staying poor going forward in the future? No take. I suspect, I, I suspect they're going to be eating a lot of soy and a lot of bugs. Maybe some lab grown meat if they have a nice paying job in the matrix. Is that fun though? Oh, you mean like actual fun? Yeah. Well, okay. So like maybe like sometimes they'll get to like make like soy, like fake nuggets and stuff and they'll get to pretend that it's chicken. That'll be fun for them. Occasionally they'll be unplugged from the government program and be allowed to do what they want with their brain cells. But yeah. Yeah. Well, they'll probably get to have fun in like, uh, they'll probably get uploaded into some kind of like, uh, VR thing. And they can probably like, you know, be in like porns and stuff. So they can like kind of feel like they're getting laid. And like, well, they'll probably have fun with that. That might be one way. I was thinking like, you know, stuff like, uh, getting a grocery cart walking through the supermarket with it, looking at all the food, pretending that you're eating it, and then walking out without having bought anything. That sounds like fun. Window shopping for produce? Yeah. Oh, maybe they'll also get to shop for their children on OpenSea (laughs) and then just get NFTs of their kids. Oh, that's good. Yeah. One way to have fun staying poor is to list your kid as an ERC-20 token. I assume the Bitcoiners that they clean toilets for will every once in a while hold, like, employee parties, like employee appreciation parties. They'll probably have some fun at those parties. Yeah. Speaking of which, that that is just my go-to, like, commenting on politicians' tweets when they post something stupid about Bitcoin. It's just saying, I'll help you, help train you to have a job, um, do something useful for society when uh, you're out of a job in the future. I think that's just the appropriate way to respond. And cleaning toilets is a net benefit to society, for sure. And the people that do that, um, tend to be, you know, hardworking individuals that are also entrepreneurs and there's a lot of shitting on them, uh, because it's a low skill job 
low paying job in our society, but that would be a lot, uh, a lot better uh, for a politician to do than murdering lots of people. So. All right. So yeah, they should be the new. Oh, I was going to say they should be the new toilet cleaners and garbage men and service workers. So they, you know, they won't really be touching me much, but that'll be useful, at least productive, doing something productive for society. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, those, those might be two, um, two lofty jobs for them. Like, there, there's some honor that comes with work like that, especially garbage men. Garbage men are actually paid well. But yeah. Surfer Jim in the chat is wrote, he's going back to, um, let me look at the original question. Is ta taxation theft because God gives government authority? I, I phrased that question in a really stupid way. Um, is taxation not theft because God gives government authority? So Surfer Jim says the answer is that taxation is always theft regardless of what man believes God authorized because a merciful God would never authorize violent extortion. There you go. I need to write an article on that. Maybe that's what I'll do with my free time this week. What's the one verse that everybody is it Corinthians where Paul's talking about submitting to your um, authority or government Ephesians, you know, the one that is always used against anarchists. Ephesians has left the building. And I don't know enough about the Bible to be able to speak on that. Yeah, I'll, let me look it up. I mean, this is something that happens a lot with people where they, oh, Ephesians is gone. Um, oh, it's Romans. Romans 13. This is this is the verse that's used. Um, so I need to unpack this. But this is something that happens in the Bible a lot. Or, or not in the Bible, but people use the Bible. They'll use one word, verse as like an authority out of context. And you kind of have to use everything contextually together with each other. But it says... Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold to those who do so will bring judgment. Oh, for rulers hold no terror for those who do right but those who do wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it, it lines it out there pretty uh, specifically. So, so I'm going to have to do some digging to unpack this one 
this week. And I don't have a really good answer right now. But, I, I mean, I think, like, if I were to fall back, you know, just using a biblical example of, like, I don't think where we're at right now that respecting authority as we know it right now in any way, shape, or form is loving your neighbor. I think respecting and supporting and being submissive to what's happening right now to these genocidal maniacs, if anything, is is very, very unloving of your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. That's what that what's become accepted by society is is genocide and theft. Um, it's it blows my mind. You know, my it's like my own father is warmongering at the dinner table. You know, and he he I didn't think he was like this before, but he's watching tank videos and shit. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's just something like. You know, the, the projection of power that, you know, people feel something bigger than themselves. Like, this is this is why, you know, they did a masterful job of propagandizing World War II, where there's this ultimate evil in Hitler. Um, and it's not as clear-cut as that. There was a lot of bad guys in World War II. Um, but there's this ultimate evil and then this, uh, uh, you know, allied force of, like, you know, superheroes that went to go take that down. And, you know, the reality is it's a lot more complicated than that. There's a lot of history um, leading up to that point that set those things into motion uh, that were really bad. You know, I I have the belief that the Nazis won World War II uh, because they infiltrated every aspect of every government, the Soviets and the West. Um into very high powerful positions and yeah, I mean the Nazis were bankrolled by central bankers, people behind the scenes um, that still retained power afterwards. And yeah, but what it comes down to is like, there's something like romantic and attractive about that, that imagery of like, we're the good guys fighting the Russians or, um, where the good in, in reality, you know, there's no we in this. There's there's a small um, segment of individuals that declare that this war needs to be fought at the expense of all the plebs, and there's a portion of the plebs that buy into it and support that war. It's unfortunate, but yeah, it's kind of crazy to watch the the warmongering. One thing I always bring up, like, it'd be kind of interesting, you know, be if you brought up with your dad was, um, uh oh, Phil's here. One thing that'd be interesting for you to bring up is, uh, uh, you know, what's happening right now in Yemen and get his thoughts on that and the U.S. involvement there. I didn't, yeah, okay, that's a great idea. Because I did, you know, we had this huge Easter dinner or whatever, and he went crazy. Um, and I later talked to him, and I was like, listen, man, you know, there's genocide happening all over the world. Like, do you even know who the Uyghurs are? Are you, like, are you, are you aware of what's actually happening? Um, but he's, he's so far gone. I, like, he's been three times jabbed and waiting on four. And 
I I don't know. I feel like it's a lost cause, but I'll definitely bring that up. Yeah. I would just bring up the fact that, you know, the U.S. government is fully in support of an act of genocide and has been for the last few years. And there's... I think the solution isn't to argue the merits like, you know, with the lockdown people, it's not the solution isn't to argue whether the lockdowns were affected or, or not, but to like kind of poke holes in the idea and belief that somebody is justified in, in dictating these things and that the authority is even um, legitimate. And I found that to be a little bit more effective with these people. What's going on, Phil? What's up, guys? I uh, totally missed the entire show, I guess. But um, I'm somewhat familiar with the myth of the great man. It's basically just like we choose a leader to be our daddy, and they like save us from like impending world doom. Yeah, that's kind of what it's morphed into. It, it initially came about with this idea that some people were just so uh, of such a higher status that they have the the right to rule is what it came down to that some some people were ordained by their their great ability uh, but yeah that's that's how it plays out today essentially there's a there's a great so, leader save us so it, it sounds like the populace grants that role to the individual. Sort of like how, I guess, George Washington was reluctant to be president, but he's like, fuck it, I have to. Yep, exactly. Interesting. <laughs> Has anyone brought up that uh, Putin is the world's great man? No, nobody's talked about that. Well, it's a thesis. Well, it's, it's a theory. Are you a believer in the theory? Or are you just entertaining it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the one thing I'll say about Putin is he's definitely not a good guy. And he doesn't have, you know, liberty in mind. And no agent in the state ever does. Uh, but he seems to be playing into this this game of destabilizing energy and food uh, pretty effectively, and therefore I really have trouble with that idea of believing that he's somehow the great man. Yeah, so Putin's just a nationalist, and he just wants Russia's best interest in mind, and he has basically just deteriorated what power the president of Russia does have, and he is not of Davos. He's not of the World Economic Forum. They fucking hate him because he's a nationalist, not a, a globalist. And Putin basically backing the price of oil to gold or the ruble is basically a giant fuck you to the globalist. And so, yeah, he's not a national. I mean, he is a nationalist and only that. And I mean, he was an intelligence agent. Like, he was this creation out of the KGB, yes. And did he 
go to the World Economic Forum meetings? Like, yeah, but if that's what you do as an intelligent agent, the intelligence agent. It's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so you want as much information on what the fuck these people really want. I mean, Klaus Schwab and all these people are just white, old European fucking racist cunts. And they hate Russians. Like, it is pretty much purely race-driven and just, like, power-hungry psychopaths. And it's all just rooted in them maintaining their power and control, which is what the Great Reset is for, and which is why they are scrambling right now, Is what, which is why Elon basically exposed who these psychopaths really were because they are willing to call him a, a racist and a Nazi and just so that he can buy out the board, which obviously looking at today that failed, but I'm still very skeptical on what Elon's true intentions are. Nobody really knows what the fuck his motives are. Uh, but that aside, again, this all stems back to Putin thinks for Russia and the Russian people. And only that he was his creation of the KGB and the KGB has this hermetically sealed, as Walking Flores so described on the five and a half hour podcast that we did together. Putin was created as, out of this hermetically sealed unit within the KGB, which was the Russian deep state, and which operated to protect Russia from the oligarchs and outside power. And so Russia is basically the golden model of what the Ukraine didn't become, or or Ukraine rather, is the is what happens when you don't have a nation that has a true ideology and culture, and it gets taken advantage of by just rich fucking oligarchs that pass through it like a fucking used up whore, and Putin as he replaced Yeltsin was able to kick out all of the oligarchs and the foreign power. I mean, there, he even like said this out loud at one of the, the Davos meetings that, Hey, this whole communism thing is stupid. And it was just an ideology that you, the West, I mean, it was made by a German philosopher. I don't know if Marx actually, I, I mean, I, I guess, or no, not Marxism, communism. But communism itself, I wish I knew who, like, the actual founder was, but he was a German founder. But basically, and maybe he was full of shit, but I'm of the persuasion that he wasn't. But Putin basically argued in front of, like, all these Davos clash lobcons that, hey, communism was a Western creation that, you know, the Russian people at the time were impressed upon and... And we basically adopted the worst fucking economic system by man. And it was kind of like a soft power move from the West against Russia to just like keep them down and other countries down. Uh, Because the West uses economic warfare against their world countries, as we know. And that was just one way, one method. Sure, like fact check me. Like if I'm wrong, fucking like tell me so. I'm just going off shit that I've heard from people I trust. So suck it. Anyway, um, yeah, ah, this is what Putin is against. He's against 
he has a soft spot for Europe and international cooperation, which is what the global south and all these other countries, basically not Europe and America, agreed upon with international law, which was formed after the formation of the UN after World War II, which basically said that every nation is self-sovereign. And then you have the West coming out with this rules-based order, and yet you have the Cold War, and just demonizing anyone that they could after they got rid of the Nazis, and I say get rid of, they basically like end it, because as far as I understand, and I like to do more research on this, if y'all can send me some like audiobooks or whatever about um, just how we bank we were, um, you know, funding the Nazis and everything. But basically, since the boogeyman of the Nazis was put to bed, you got the West um, picking fights with uh, Russia and then China and, like, Iran's been the latest boogeyman of the past few decades. But Russia's always been one. And you have all these efforts of sanctions and just expansion of NATO when it's why Russia has never really been a, a threat. And in fact, even under Gorbachev, Gorbachev and Ronald Reagan wanted to denuclearize entirely. But Ronald Reagan's cabinet at the time, which was just filled with fucking neocons that were, would go on to form the Project for a New American Century and everything and fund the terror war and lie to us and to uh, the whole war in the Middle East and the war on terrorism. That cabinet of cunts wouldn't go for complete denuclearization because it is all about the rules-based order, which was some arbitrary bullshit that the West concocted, which went against international law because international law stated that all nations were self-sovereign. And Putin, again, is nationalist, and he keeps his people's interests, like, forefront, or his nation's interests forefront. And um, him just using this economic hammer of saying, oh, okay, great. You're trying to great reset my fucking nation and the people around it and the world. Okay. You want energy? You want soil? You want all these commodities that come out of our country? Got gold or rubles? No? All right. Fuck off. Have fun. And uh, basically, I just think it's a major power play against the Great Reset itself. So Putin is a flawed individual like like everybody. But uh, if you just kind of zoom out and look at the facts and realize that it's not just every sovereign leader of a country is in the same cabal, because that's fucking bullshit and there's nuance that needs to be analyzed. So agree or disagree with me, but um, yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a possibility there. Can you explain why you believe that Putin has the best interest of Russians in mind? Do you need to rewind like the past 10 minutes of my ranting? Well, I I heard some things, but I I really don't think he does. It it, it just, it's, who he is because he doesn't want Russia being taken advantage of like Ukraine was 
Yeah, but that, that's more about his interests. Yeah, his interest is being a good Russian president by getting rid of as much power the president has. So when the new person comes in, because I heard Gorbachev was also like a mentoring uh, candidate, um, when a new president comes in, he is able to undo everything that uh, Putin was able to do for Russia. And uh, a strong economy comes from a strong state, is what he believes. And this is something I picked up from uh, the book Putinomics, which is on Audible, which you can listen to and or read or whatever. But, uh, like, yeah, you, you can disagree, but I honestly just think he is a nationalist. And uh, nationalism, I guess, is birthed out of strong populism. And uh, strong populism, of course, is birthed out of what's the best for the people. So... I don't know. Just kind of did some like backwards math there, backwards logic, or reshape, trace my steps. Yeah. So I don't know. Like or hate it, whatever. No, I mean, it's interesting to entertain. And I'm not like vehemently opposed to it. But I think what it comes down to at the end of the day is a lot of these like thought games come down to of like analyzing, you know, the rulers of the world is is kind of a silly process when their their rulership or authority is just completely illegitimate whatsoever. And that's kind of what the idea of like this great man myth being bullshit, you know, is all about. Yeah, you just have to remember people are people and they act in their own best interest. And they might be in the same, like, New World Order cabal until they're not. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the unfortunate realities, like, if all of this is true, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's any better for anybody, you know, because his actions could be equally as destructive as if... Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, like, the stance I typically take is just, like, it's all about trying to unpack, you know, this idea of statism. You know, and and what the majority of our society does is they sit around and like analyze the rulers and like debate back and forth about how they should rule over them and the decisions that they should be making instead of just being like these people are complete maniac. Yeah, but there's nuance in how each country's ruled and as far as I'm concerned, I mean Putin's taken like as anti communist of a stance as possible. Like they have a flat tax. He basically I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, you know, like, like he, he lets, he lets industries basically decide where the flow of, of capital should go. I mean, whatever, I guess. Okay. Statism sucks, but you're going to have governance wherever. And so this is where like Hoppe comes in and like a true anarcho-capitalist society is actually based on like multiple governments. It'd be great if they were voluntary, they were all voluntary, and you have a natural hierarchy, which is just like a free market um, system of choosing who's in power and who's in control. And honestly, I think uh, Russia is not the uh, most terrible example to look at. Sure. 
I still need to do more work into looking at that, but I think y'all should uh, narrow your uh, horizons and perspectives of that. It's not all just about, I mean, I, I don't think that like rulers of all countries are complete fucking pieces of shit. I think they are. Which is a complete 180 uh, that I've taken. But again, it's all about nuance and what their incentives are. Yeah. Is Putin kill people? Yeah. Um, like, individuals are flawed. But I don't know. Yeah. I think it's worth everybody looking further into, including yeah. me. Yeah, I don't. Like, I mean, the way I look at it is like, okay, they, they might have a get better governance over there but like now as we enter into this conversation it's kind of like okay there's slavery over there and there's slavery over here too the slaves over there you know have better working conditions and there's uh limitations on how many times they can get whipped versus over here the working conditions are worse you know and the solution isn't you know for us to to enact better working conditions for the slaves it's to end slavery you know ultimately and I think just entering into this volunteer society is is the solution, but I don't. I I won't. Like I I think political authority just it doesn't exist. You know, every government, uh, state as we know it comes into existence through the conquest of people, and like the best that you can get, in you know the government that we're talking about right here, is that a good portion of the society is served well. And there's always going to be minorities in this society that are taken advantage of massively like they have been, you know, in Russia, you know, these minority groups that get, um, you know, conquered. Wait, wait, are you actually talking about literal slavery here versus over there? I think, I think the state is slavery. When, when you don't pay your taxes okay, well, and you yeah, get thrown duh. in a cage, uh, when they get to print money and steal your time and effort through inflation, that. I, I think that's slavery when they, when the state acts as if you belong to it and they can snuff out your life that you have no say in whatsoever. You, yeah. Okay. Interesting points though, Phil. Oh, All right, well, we're coming up about two hours. I'm going to keep the spaces going. It's an interesting conversation. Um, bummer no skeef tonight. I think he'll be here next week. But thanks for everybody tuning in, keeping the chat lively, um, as well as everybody joining in spaces, keeping this conversation going. Your engagement is what makes the show happen. Uh, definitely like kept me going tonight because I cannot just ramble for forever. Um, and that would be really boring if I did that. So thank you for your engagement and hopefully come back next week to keep it going. We'll get off the rails again. Uh, but yeah, let's see. I've got shout outs. So we've got events happening in Arizona. We've got a meetup happening in Phoenix tomorrow, um, in Scottsdale, which I'm excited about. We've got the Tucson meetup. I think this is a big deal. Uh, get to your local meetups meet with people in the meat space. The internets are not always going to be a place to connect. I think things are going to get wild in the future. Um, but yeah, we're doing cool things. 
at our local meetups. Um, lots of good conversation. People are learning, actively trying to take, you know, sovereignty in their own hands. So it's exciting. Uh, big shout out to the producer of the show, even though we hate him because he's a spineless bitch. Uh, Dennis Porter, thank you for producing the show um, with your sponsorship of uh, early access, breaking points, or whatever you call them. But yeah, have a good night, everybody on the stream, and see you next time.